Good morning, everyone. It is great to be here on this Lord's Day morning, July 29th, 2018. You know what that means, don't you? Wednesday is August 1st. Teachers, students, I won't even mention school. Coming up. Parents, too, going, yay, right? We've prayed a lot this morning already. Uh, we've opened with prayer. We've had uh, prayer for the bread, prayer for the fruit of the vine. We've had prayer before the offering. We've had prayer before the sermon. You probably already prayed. Maybe if you had breakfast, you probably prayed uh, before the meal. Lord, thank you for this cereal. Thank you for this Pop-Tart. Or maybe back here at the, at, in, the, in the fellowship hall, thank you for these donuts. Uh, but prayer is integral to the Christian life. But to me, I want to pray and know that God will hear my prayers and answer them according to His will. I want to know when I pray, before I pray, while I pray, after I pray, that God is going to do what He says He will do. That, that my prayers to Him will produce results. I mean, how many of you want to pray and have results? I do. And I'm not ashamed to say it. And I don't think I'm being egotistical to say that. I mean, if we, if we pray not expecting God to answer according to His will, why are we praying? I mean, it's just a waste of time if you're praying not expecting positive results from praying. Lord, help my mother. Well, I don't really expect Him to. I don't think he will, but he does tell me to pray, so I guess I'll pray. Really? When you pray, Lord, help my mother like I do, I fully have, I mean, I have full expectation that God will help my mother. Now, I'm not going to get into God's heart, mind, and, and his own deity to tell him how to do it. Now, that might be a little over the top. Lord, I want you to help my mother, and there's a 15-point plan that I want you to follow. I mean, I'm not going that far, because God's ways and thoughts are so much better than mine, so much higher than mine. We just read, Josh just, Josh just read for us from Ephesians chapter 3, specifically verse 20. Now, we know... That God can do anything. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask. Isn't that praying? All that we ask or even think or imagine. God can do exceedingly above, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So when I pray, I want to have that in my mind. I want, to, I want God to give me the result of it. 
of course in His time, of course in His way. Like I say, and we say, we don't want to get into limiting what God can do. Because when I give Him a 15-point plan that I expect Him to follow, doesn't that limit God? God, I want you to help my mother and I want you to do it my way. God might answer that prayer. But he could have done so much more. He could have done exceedingly more. He could have done exceedingly abundantly more than I ask of him. So I, wanna, I want my prayers to, to get results. And I want to give the results to God, but I want to pray with that mind and that heart. And so with that in mind, I want to offer two points this morning and then two points this afternoon. And the topic that I want us to look at is what prayer isn't and what prayer is. I, want, I do not want to pray the prayer that isn't. I want to pray the prayer that is. I want to be the kind of Christian, the kind of man, the kind of son, the kind of father kind of grandfather, kind of friend, the kind of Christian that prays to God in a way that produces results in my life and the lives of the people around me, in the church, in the school, in the business, in the community, and in my country. I want to pray with the knowledge of what prayer is. So let's look first at point one, what prayer isn't and then what prayer is, and then point number two, what prayer isn't, and what prayer is. First, prayer isn't negotiation. Dear God, tell you what I'm going to do. If you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. And then after I do that for you, you do this for me. And then when you do that for me, I'll do this for you. And we'll just keep working our way right on up that ladder. But now I need you to know. The moment that you stop doing for me what I expect you to do for me, I don't see how you can expect me then to do for you what you expect me to do for you. So I mean, this is a negotiation, right? I'm going to pay this much, will that buy it? Well, now I need to go talk to my manager. <laughs> I mean, you ever heard that? I mean, come on. I'm going to talk to my manager and see if he'll take that much. But I don't th I think it's a real slim... I mean, really? Do we really think that prayer is negotiating with God? When you think about it, though, isn't that what the rich young ruler who came to Jesus with a request as to how he could get eternal life, isn't that exactly what he was saying in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22? This rich, this man who had great possessions, a ruler of his area, came running to Jesus, knelt before him, and he said, Good master, what good thing or what thing must I do or what thing can I do? to have everlasting life. 
And Jesus then began to have this conversation with him. Well, uh, what does the law say? Honor your father and mother and you keep these commandments. And Jesus gave him a list. And the young man said, all of these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus didn't even get on him or rebuke him or deny that he, that he had. He said, then do this and live. And the young man said, what else do I lack? Even he understood it. Don't something was missing. And Jesus said, well, go and sell all you have. Give the money to the poor. Give what you have gained to the poor. Come and follow me and you will have what you're asking for. And we know that the young man had great possessions and he rejected the one thing he lacked and he went away sorrowfully. I mean, when you really boil the story down to the context of our lesson today, didn't the rich young man say, tell you what I'm going to do? Or let me tell you what I've already done? Jesus, does that get it for me? Let's negotiate. Prayer isn't It's me having confidence in God in my everyday life in the words that he spoke, for example, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, where he said, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be open to you. Jesus telling the truth. When he said, ask, pray, talk to me. I will answer your prayers. The word that I say is good and right. And batteries are out. See, a long sermon can be in five minutes when it comes to battery, right? Prayer isn't negotiation. Prayer is me trusting God to do what he says he'll do. It's without the mentality of, well, I've prayed today, I have been honest. I have been a man of integrity. I have worshipped with the church on the first day of the week. I even came back for the afternoon service. Uh, I've been kind to people. Uh, my wife got on to me and I, I didn't jump all over her. I was, you know, Lord, I've done all these things. Now, it's your turn. Our mentality must be, if we're going to have if we're going to pray, 
the way we should pray and have our prayers get result, then our mentality is, I'm going to live the Christian life regardless of what God does. I'm going to pray with the knowledge that God always keeps His promises in His way and in His time. So when I rise up from my prayers, I will rise up the way Jesus did in Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible tells us that Jesus had left the disciples into a, a place by Himself. And there He prayed. And he, when He came back from prayer, one of His disciples approached Him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And that's where Jesus then opened the lesson board up, if you will, to say, pray in this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we have there what we call the Lord's Prayer. But going back to verse 1-2 right there from Luke chapter 11, If I was a disciple and Jesus was coming back from the place he, where he had just been to pray, something prompted this disciple to ask this question. Could it be that Jesus left to pray with one, uh, with one life, one attitude, one way of thinking. And when he returned from prayer, he had a different life, a different attitude, a different way of thinking. I want to believe and believe it's true that when we, go, when we approach God in prayer, we may be frustrated, we may be hurt, we may be grieving, we may be doubting, we may be uh, without understanding of a, of a particular thing, but after prayer, if I'm praying the prayer that is not a negotiation, but a lifestyle, not me saying to God, I'm going to do a certain thing as long as you do a certain thing. When I approach, when we approach God in prayer, we're going to live for Him we're going to have a mind like His, a life like His. We've chosen to live the Christian life regardless of whether He answers our prayer according to what we want or not. And letting our hearts and lives show Him that so that He understands that we understand that we're not negotiating with Him. Lord, when Jesus prayed, did He not pray that way? Lord, here's what I desire. Here's what I pray for. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but Your will be done. Jesus understood and wrote through the Holy Spirit, through Paul, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus understood that His Father could do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that He asked or imagined. And so that's what I want. Lord, I... Help my mother, help my wife, help my husband, help my children, help my grandchildren, help my dad, help my grandparents, help the church. Whatever we pray, help me with this decision, help me with this job, help me with this move, help me with whatever it is I need help. 
But Lord, do it according to your will because you can do more than I think or, or ask. You can do exceedingly more than I ask or think. You can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. So Father, do that. And I trust you. I love you. It's not going to... Yes or no from you is not going to change who I am. Yes or no for you is not going to change what I do. Yes or no from you or whenever with you is not going to change my love for you and my living the Christian life in you and in your son. Number two, prayer, remember prayer isn't and prayer is. Prayer isn't for emergencies only. I read about this man and his wife. She's sitting at the table with all the bills. You ever, you ever done that, ladies? All the bills spread out, looking at the checkbook. He's pacing in the kitchen, rubbing his head, wringing his hands. And they're having this discussion back and forth. What do we pay this month? What do we withhold this month? What, what can we do? And they finally come to a conclusion that there's nothing else to, that there's nothing left to do. There's no other way to go. And so the wife looks up at the husband and says, Well, honey, I guess what less for, what's left for us to do is pray about this. So prayer has become a spare tire just in case we have a flat. Prayer has become the end result. If we've done everything else we could do, we pray. And you'd think the story would be over. But just after the woman says, well, I guess all that's left for us to do is pray about it, the man looks at her and says, has it really come to that? I mean, is that what prayer is? I mean, I know that in the military, our soldiers, before they jump out of an airplane, they wear a parachute, right? Is God our parachute? Is that what He has become to us? Lord, you just, you just stay right back there until I need you. Right now, I'm going along fine. We got, enough, we got enough money, we're paying the bills, we got a little left over. You just stay right back there in your pack. But when it comes to the end of the month and we have a little, you know, we got more month than we do money, I'll pull that string and you can just come out of your backpack and cover all the bills and you just get right back in there. I mean, surely we don't, that's not who we are, Right? Prayer for emergencies only. What does it say about us when our prayer life can be summed up into an invocation and a benediction? What does it say about us when our prayer life can be summed up in, uh-oh, we've eaten two bites and we didn't pray? 
Put your fork down. God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for our food. By His hand, we all are fed. Thank you, God, for daily bread. Amen. Whew, that was close. Well, we don't know about those first two bites. Our prayer life has to be more than a prayer before meals or a prayer before bedtime or an invocation and a benediction or an opening prayer and a closing prayer. Uh-oh, we forgot to close out in prayer. Does that mean the worship service just keeps going forever? What is the point? Prayer is life. It is, it is like the air that we breathe. It's not the last thought. It's the first thought and the last thought. And it's every thought in between. One of my most favorite verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Lord, you're in this. You're in this night's sleep. You're in this work day. You're in this project. You're in this move. You're in this job change. You're in this worship service. You're in this relationship. You're in this pregnancy. You're in this life that you've given me to live with its greatest things and its limitations. You're in this for whatever reason. If God is only our last resort then He's no God at all. Because we know that God is omnipresent everywhere at once. We may deny it, we may reject it, we may not even admit it, but He's still present wherever we are. God, even Paul said this when he's writing to the churches. How do you think that that a building can hold God. When he says, the earth is his throne. No, heaven is his throne. The earth is his footstool. Remember when he went to Athens and he saw all of their altars, all of their worship places? He said, I perceive that you are very religious, but I saw a place that said to the unknown God, and I want to share the all true and living God with you, this God that you don't know. And it's really the only true and living God. And He can't be placed in any box or a bag or a place. He's wherever, with you, with me. So that our God in Jesus Christ we can speak to in any moment in time. There are all sorts of religions and Christianity is so different than every one of them because we don't have to come to a house of prayer in order to pray. Wherever we are is the house of prayer. There's no certain time 
that we must put out our little mat and get on our knees and bow our head toward the east, toward the ground. And when music sounds or our alarm sounds, that's when we pray. As Christians, it's 24-7, 365 days a year, sometimes 366 days a year on that leap year, that we have access to God's ear and heart. Not just before a meal or just at bedtime or when we're opening or closing, but prayer is who we are. It's what we become. It's, prayer isn't negotiation. Prayer isn't for emergencies only. Sometimes I pray, I look to the heavens and just say, Thank you, Lord. Don't you? Thank you, Lord. I read about these two preachers that just came out of a, a prayer conference where they discussed the various positions of prayer. You know, whether you should, you know, it, more effective, you know, what would gain the result would be prostrate on the ground, which means hands out and lying down on the ground. Is that more, would that kind of position make the prayer get re more results? Because if that's true, we're going to be lying down, aren't we? What about on our knees? Would that be, would that bring the result? Then let's get down on our knees. What about lifting our eyes and, you know, hands? After all, the Bible does say, I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without prayer and doubting. I mean, without fear and doubting. Should, should we be, have open hands toward heaven, closed hands like we see so many pictures? Anyway, these two preachers were discussing the different positions of prayer and they were standing in a street corner waiting for their light to change to cross the street. And what they didn't, See was just above them was an, uh, uh, one of the LG&E men working on a power pole. And he was overhearing their conversation as they waited for the red light. And all of a sudden, when there was a break in their conversation, they heard him speak. Not God. <laughs> but they did look up. And they said, fellas, I... You know, he looked down at them and they looked up at him and he said... Fellas, I see that you are discussing various positions in prayer and how it gets results. He said, I'll tell you, the position I was in one time that got me the greatest results was hanging upside down from one of these poles. But as Christians, we have all sorts of positions in the, in the New Testament. The position we, we're in has little to do with the effectiveness of prayer. The physical position. But the spiritual position we're in is very important. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2, God's hand is not so short that He cannot save. His ear is not so dull or deaf that He cannot hear. But it is our iniquity that have separated between us and God. It is our sin that's caused Him to shut His ears and pull His hand away when we pray because of the lives that we live that puts things between us and Him. So, do you want to pray so that your prayers get results? I do. Well, have this lesson in mind. Prayer is not negotiation. God, I want you to know that I know 
no matter what happens, it's not going to change my love for you, my, my commitment to you, and my stand for your truth and your son. Answer my prayer according to your will. I know you love me, and I love you. It's not going to change who I am either way. Lord, I call you from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to remind you that you can do more for me. You can do exceedingly more for me. You can do exceedingly abundantly more for me than I could ever ask or imagine. So Lord, I have positive expectation. That's faith that you will do exactly what you say. Then we rise up from prayer with a smile on our face and joy in our heart, knowing that somehow, some way, everything will be all right. We pray every day as a Christian, at any time of the day. Prayer becomes our life, not just for emergencies only. If things are not right between you and God, take care of it. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, I am the door. Walk through me. Come to me. Jesus said in that great invitation in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Stand ready to help you if you have a need. You can come as we stand together as we sing.